Welcome back to Northbound and Brown. Yee. This, of course, our last podcast under the Northbound and Brown's banner until draft day, which is a mere 99 days away. Yes. However, we will be joining you regularly regarding the rest of the sports world and the uh, MLB, NBA, whatever, so on. Whatever is interesting to mm-hmm. us, we're going to just kind of chase. Um, well, we're also going to keep our, you know, an eye on our favorite team's off-season antics. Absolutely. Will we see the return of Chubby Baker? How is Odell's recovery going? All for future episodes of NBB. After hours. After hours. Off-season edition. Yeah, buddy. Of um, course, our Browns fell just five points short against Kansas City Chiefs Sunday the 17th, bringing historic season to a close. We ended with a 12-6 record, our first season with a double-digit win since 2007, our first playoff appearance since 2002, our first playoff win since 1994. Yeah, buddy. With those wins, uh, Kevin Stefanski has more in his first year than seven head, Brown, uh, head coaches of the Browns had in their entire tenure. The Browns scored over 40 points in a playoff game for the second time in franchise history and for the first time since what what year, George? Can you even guess? Let's see, what, what was the what was the stat we're looking at here? Um, the <clears throat> times that Browns scored over 40 points in a playoff game. Are we going 80s? We're back a little further. Even further. So is it, I'm guessing because I don't I don't remember any 70s stats. The 60s. Back a little further. <laughs> so, the, so 54? 54. All right. The Browns chief of staff, Callie Brownson, became the first woman in NFL history to coach a position during a regular season game and became the highest ranking female coach in NFL playoff history. So awesome for Callie. We love her. Yeah. Now, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb broke and set records all the time. Like, I mean, it was like every week they were doing something new. Baker joined Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck as the only QBs to have at least 3,500 yards and 20 touchdown passes in each of their first three seasons. We beat the Steelers in back-to-back games, and Mike Polk officially closed the factory set. A lot, a lot of things a lot to unpack this season. It's just uh, it, it was a it was a wild ride. Yeah. I, I had a good time. Um, oh, also, um, the question that I was going to ask you, which was kind of, it's kind of an interesting one. So, who do you think had the most touchdown catches this season? Uh, catches? Catches. I don't know. It's going to be somebody I'm not expecting. I know it's that. It's not. Much. It is definitely going to be someone you're not expecting. It's not even his position. What the hell? Exactly. Are we talking just Browns? Just Browns. Just Browns. I don't know. It's going to be somebody stupid like... <sighs> it's not as stupid as you think. Because we've, we've seen a lot of them. And you wouldn't think about it. But it's Kareem Hunt. Kareem <laughs> with the most Hunt. touchdown catches this year. That is... <laughs> and even though Odell left halfway through the season, he still was up there amongst touchdown wow. catches with three... Jarvis had, I think Jarvis he went had three. Out, I mean, halfway through the season? Yeah, probably week six or seven. So. Yeah. Uh, I wish, I so, so wish Baker had had a chance at one more drive to win that Kansas City game. Um, but, one more chance. I mean, we've moved the whole mood and mindset of Cleveland from, like, there's always next year to I literally cannot wait for next year. And mm-hmm. that's a good feeling because, I mean, other teams have had that, but we haven't. There hasn't been a winning pedigree here in ages. Mm-hmm. So. And the two things we still have to accomplish is number one it's not not as exciting as number two but number one opening our winning our opening game we have not done that since what 2002 we haven't done that in like 18 years we have not gone one and oh for probably as long as we have uh we the funniest part that we ended the playoff drop before we ended that Mm -hmm. one of the saddest stats have not won our opening game 
in forever. I guess the thing is you only get one shot every single year. Right. <laughs> so, Which, you know. Um, oh, and another fun thing. I mean, Baker Mayfield overtaking Ben Roethlisberger as the winningest quarterback in first energy state. God. That's, yes. another, that's another big one, thank God. Like, if you can sit down and make a list of all the things that happened this year, and mm-hmm. it's just like, it, it's a lot. There's a lot to unpack. And I mean, I think we're finally at least closing in on the perfect combination. Yeah. We have a couple things left to fix, but uh, I think we're almost there. Yeah, Grant Delpit's uh, progression. That's going to be something to watch. Hopefully we get him at safety. Him Having him and Ronnie Harrison back at safety mm-hmm. will make me feel a whole lot better. Yeah. Um, we have to do something. We have to do add a little extra uh, help with the linebackers and corners. Mm-hmm. But other than that, um, I say we're doing pretty good. The defensive line is honestly, I mean, it could be better, but it's I, sadly it's probably one of our strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, besides Miles Garrett, we kind of struggled because Olivier Vernon. Um, even though he had a decent sack total, all of them were coming in like one game. Like he would have three sacks in one game, and then get, you know, hose the next five, mm-hmm. then have four in one game. It was just, you have to have, uh, you have to uh, have distribution, you know, throughout the games mm-hmm. uh, as far as coming up and doing your job on the defensive line. You can't just do it all in two games, three games. Right. For it to be successful anyway. Um, oh, but also back to the... Uh, Things that we have yet to accomplish. The only thing that's yet to accomplish and record that we sad record that we have to break is obviously just getting to a S B, a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I'm calling it right now. We are five years away. That, like somewhere in the next five years, we're gonna have a Super Bowl appearance. Mm-hmm. I, just, I feel it in my bones. Honestly, if we beat the Chiefs, I feel like we would have been in the Super Bowl this I year. I think so. And I guess, do you really want to win the Super Bowl just yet? You go to the Super Bowl just yet, because I don't think this team is ready. And look at the San Francisco 49ers. Because we can Bowl acknowledge hangover. something here, that no matter what happens at this point, no matter what miracles Baker pulls off, there are going to be people out there that just fucking hate him and can't stand him and think that he's overrated and he's trash and whatever. So even if he made it to a Super Bowl and yeah. lost, they'd be like, see, this is not your franchise quarter. Yeah. So like, fuck off. But, I don't know. <laughs> but like, the thing that also happens when you lose a Super Bowl, or it happens to one of the teams, and usually it's the one that loses the Super Bowl. Is there's a hangover, mm-hmm. and you saw that with San Francisco this year. Mm-hmm. They went six and ten. I know it was a lot of injuries, but it's like I said, it's a Super Bowl hangover. Yeah. And usually one of the teams that's in the Super Bowl the year prior always sucks, and obviously it was not the Chiefs. Yeah. Goodness gracious. It's like the it's like the Niners got like times two because the Chiefs were still amazing, mm-hmm. so they got it. They got double doses of it. Yeah, definitely. Oh man. So I want to talk about the the big three things that are happening, and then we can kind of like get into any extra news that you've got. First and foremost, of course, as of January seventeenth, last Sunday, Drew Brees has reportedly ended his career in the mm-hmm. NFL. Now, no official announcement has been made, but. Uh, the secret is out, says Jay Glazer of Fox Sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, the general consensus is that Breeze is hanging up the cleats. We posted about it, and while nothing has been official, I wouldn't blame Breeze for one second if he really is going to walk away. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, after 11 broken ribs, the collapsed lung, the broken hand at the start of the season, we're seeing the physical toll that this game does eventually take on the body. And mm-hmm. at some point, you just start coming apart. Yeah. And at 42 years old with young kids, I'm sure he'd like to spend his years on the sidelines, perhaps in a coaching or commentating position. But exactly. instead of taking hits like these young guys, I just, I would not blame Drew Brees for ending it now. Like, mm. You know what I mean? He's had a great, great career, yeah. honestly. 
and I, even though it's been a while since he's won a Super Bowl, still won a Super Bowl for the Saints, yeah. who were aptly named the Aints for about 20 years. <laughs> yeah. So he he did he did his job. Former Charger as well. Oh, really? Um, who was replaced by another quarterback we were about to talk about. That's right. And that would be, of course, the big news that broke yesterday. After 17 years in the league, Philip Rivers has announced he's retiring. Philip Rivers is a mouthy bitch. We know that. <laughs> but still one of the cornerstones of what I, I think is like old football. You know what I mean? 16 years with the Chargers, just one with the Colts. Um, Rivers is reportedly following in his father's footsteps. Last year, he was named the head coach in waiting at St. Michael Catholic High School in Fairhope, Alabama, which is, I guess he's from Alabama. Alabama. I didn't know that. Yeah, I do make sense. Yeah. <laughs> he will officially be taking the position there anon. Uh, Rivers did pen an interesting retirement letter signed with the Latin phrase, I'm going to like butcher it, but it's nunc copi. Yeah, that's what I was wondering what that meant. Now I begin. Hmm. So uh, the scholarly aspect was wholly canceled out by a thrown in dad gummit, however. <laughs> like really bringing was... the whole mood of the letter <laughs> to a really weird place. Um, I'll post the whole thing in a group. You guys can read the whole thing yourself. It's ridiculous, yet completely on brand, mm-hmm. honestly. For Mr. Philly Rivers. Yes. And so, good luck to you, Phil. I mean, its he's annoying, but you know what? You gotta, gotta respect. You gotta, you gotta respect. You gotta respect the old man. Um, who you don't have to respect is Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> now, initially, when I was writing this last night, Philip Rivers' announcement kind of raised some questions about the future of the you know, Steelers' longtime quarterback. Um, Big Ben is officially the last man standing from the big three of the 2004 draft class, which mm-hmm. means, you know, I mean, Eli Manning retired in 2019. So it was reported on December 21st, 2020, that Ben did intend to return for an 18th season. We found out as of just not that long ago, Mm -hmm. and that's true. He is going to actually be back next year. Um, But December 21st is an important day here. It's exactly one month ago, and the exact date of the Steelers' huge and telling loss against a Joe Burrow-less Cincinnati Bengals. Mm -hmm. It was just their third loss of the season, which ultimately ended in 12 and 5. So now as of yesterday, the new uh, the article had come to light from John Lesue at Penfu- uh, Penview I'm sorry PenLive.com, and he wrote this about Big Ben's future in the NFL. And I'm gonna have to go back to PenLive.com and see if he's responded to Ben, you know, <laughs> confirming because what he said was this: Ben Roethlisberger has two trophies and he played in another Super Bowl, but he won't see another again. There will be no seventh Steelers Super Bowl and from number seven, and we must give up on such false hopes. Yeah. One season remains on Ben's $43 million contract. Reports are that he's leaning toward coming back one more time. This is a mistake for both Ben and the Steelers. Instead, Big Ben should follow the example of one once greats like Rivers and Breeze and proudly take his leave in Pittsburgh. So if that's the mood in Pennsylvania and yeah. Pennsylvania-based outlets, particularly after a crushing loss delivered two weeks in a row by you a far superior know. team, um, Ben might find himself gently nudged towards retirement. And I maybe he was. It is just too stubborn to let go, but... I don't know. I mean, the thing it's is... It's hard is to say. It really is. Something that I... The only way I would give Ben any credit or be scared of the Steelers at this point after we've finally broken the curse, I feel... Steelers, the, the low-hanging cloud that the Steelers have had over our franchise for the past 17, 16 years, ever since that playoff loss, um, has been Ben, you know. it's It's been di- directly because of Ben. And now that that's gone, the thing, the only way I'd be scared of him at this point is that he has to come back, he has to lose weight, mm-hmm. he has to get in better shape. Gotta get in shape. 
that's the only way that I honestly can see Ben coming back on a tear. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the only way because he, his body can't take his fat ass running around and the it, pocket. it's so obvious <laughs> at this point where it's just like, wow, I just... Yeah, he looked like an old man, like a mm-hmm. frail old man in he that really pocket. And, and, and for comparison, he's five years younger than Tom Brady. Which is crazy. Tom Brady has definitely, I mean, made it his life's work to stay in tip-top physical condition. Yeah, like, I gotta give it to him. He he wants to play, and he acts like he wants to play, and he trains like he wants to play. Yeah. Ben... On the other hand, no. At some point, he has just let go. Yeah, he really has. I just don't understand how you can have that and be the quarterback of a, a team. Because mm-hmm. right now, I can tell you the Bengals aren't scared of you. No, the Ravens aren't scared of you. And the Browns obviously aren't scared of you anymore either. Because when we talked about how the quarterback is there to execute the coach's vision, it sets the whole tone for the team. But what I'm seeing now is just like, we have Mike Tomlin, who is an inarguably a good coach. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Ben, whose responsibility it is to set the tone on the field. And it's just, it's a weird tone. Yeah, Like, we're seeing him just you know, take the snap and then just bleh, just get rid of it really fast. Cause you don't want to yeah. necessarily throw it, but then he can make the occasional good throw. I don't know. It's just, there's a lot happening in, in Pittsburgh. And yeah. I think it's gonna be interesting to see what happens, particularly because I just saw on NFL.com news that broke today, ex-Washington quarterback Dwayne Haskins is set to meet with the Steelers today. That is wild. So, I mean, they are obviously shopping. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I wonder if maybe they could convince Ben to stay until they find somebody decent or whatever. Right. Because you can't rely on Mason Rudolph. You or, just fucking can't. Right. Or they're trying to have someone be behind Ben for a year. Yeah. I can see that. They kind of are foregoing this year mm-hmm. and learning underneath an already established quarterback. Which means Browns, obviously, we're going to have an opportunity here. Because mm-hmm. they are probably not going to push as hard as they did this year. Yeah. So And center, Mike Pouncey, gone. That's right. So I, I think the biggest of, uh, thing is, is also, uh, we barely hit Ben that game. Could you imagine if we hit Ben? Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if we start getting pressure on him? It would have been even worse. He had like rarely any pressure. He had a decent amount of pressure, but uh, there was such a lack of QB hits in that game mm-hmm. that, I mean, I couldn't imagine if there was a game where their line is just getting completely mowed over. Definitely. So. so, I mean, it's a fascinating thing because again big ben is one of those pillars of old football it's like they've been around forever they were who was in in charge when we started watching mm-hmm. or at least very close so it's just uh it's gonna be really strange to yeah. see in the next coming you know couple of years what's gonna what's gonna happen to this and these older guys yeah and it sucks because if you look at the talent right now um it is lopsided on the AFC. Mm-hmm. And of course, that is our conference. Yeah, of course. Um, we, you have Baker, who's looking better. Of course, Lamar Jackson. You have Joe Burrow, uh, Deshaun Watson, I really, Josh Allen. I, I love Joe Burrow. I wish he wasn't in our division. I really, really, really wish he wasn't. I'm going to end up hating him, I'm sure. Yeah, it's going to happen eventually. As he's, soon as he's, he's got something. And I we don't tell. hate him because we beat him both times. You know what I mean? As soon as that as first s- L comes, we're going to be like, God, that fucking asshole. Yep, and it's going to like a freight train yeah. I just know <laughs> and also did you see our 2021 opponents oh no I was gonna pull those up and I didn't do you have them on hand oh we go see if I have them I can probably find them okay yeah because there's some interesting some interesting games on there <laughs> um it's not as easy as a schedule as you would think a third oh. play schedule would be did you have you got it yeah I got it so at home we're gonna be playing the Chicago Bears obviously we're gonna be pay- playing our division once a piece, you know, mm-hmm. home and away. But the Chicago Bears, we're going to be playing also at home. Uh, the Broncos, the Lions, the Raiders, and the 
Texans? Yeah, the Texans. Texans. Yeah. And away, Kansas City, Green Bay, the Chargers, um, Vikings, which I don't remember having played the Vikings I, for some time. The now. last time we did is a really weird game. It was the Euro... It was when oh. the worst teams go to London, essentially. <laughs> They're that's like, the please leave time. the country. Yeah, that's the last time we played the Vikings. So that's that why is... I, it's hard to remember last time. And it was 2017. Right. So it was our 0-16 year. Not a lot of eyes. I remember I was like, I'm not I'm not waking up at 9 a.m. to go watch that fucking game. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, we're also going to be playing the Patriots away, which... Uh, which you never know. That's, they, a, that's a mixed bag. They're you know? seeming a little disjointed now mm-hmm. as well, which, you know... It's at first, possible I know we... there was a point where I'm like, see, this just shows you that the talent was Belichick. It was not Brady. And I'm yeah. like, oh, shit. <laughs> now you just don't know. Because look at Brady and the Bucks. They're mm-hmm. in the NFC Championship while Bill Belichick is faltering. Yep. Don't know. I mean, obviously... having, missed, having missed the playoff for the first time in 11 years, like, yeah. mm, that's, I mean, that's telling. Obviously, Bill Belichick, I think he gets two years of mulligans underneath. But yeah. um, that, if he's not producing in, like, I'd say the, th- the third or fourth year, Patriots fans are going to start getting... A little upset. Patriots I think we might fans see are a, already like yeah, they're already bitches. Exactly, they're willing to like throw people under the bus, kind of like Steelers fans. Like the second you don't get your way, you're like, he's a bum, get rid of him. Yeah, so, like, exactly. Come on. Johnny Manziel had two years, and we were still trying to hope that he was our guy. For real. Also, fuck Johnny yes. Manziel. Oh my for god. For real, you're gonna run your mouth from your couch. Oh my god. Oh man, it's just I it, was it pissed. is it is the jealousy of seeing Baker succeed. Exactly, because at first. He had released, I believe I posted it to the group, you guys probably saw it. It was an article about how Johnny Manziel was contrite and upset that he didn't take the opportunity that was handed to him and that he was a fool and blah, blah, blah. And Uh I'm like, you know what? Respect to Johnny Manziel. And then he's like, sorry? Yeah, exactly. I I think it shows that he's never going to learn. He's that that guy who, I thought he's been humbled millions of times mm-hmm. and it's still i mean it was it, it was the most pathetic thing when we his first start when we lost 31 to 3 to the Bengals, and the whole game they're throwing up money signs i mean it, I, it's how could you not, yeah how could you i was more humbled as a fan than he mm-hmm. was as a player and i can't believe that yep it was bad so so um but don't worry you'll be able to catch johnny manzel he just signed a contract with the zappers yes in the fan-controlled football league and I don't think and is you that can a new get... football league? Because I haven't heard of that. Before. Yes. Okay. okay. So <laughs> it's basically where fans are going to make calling the plays, all the plays. They're gonna you know pick the teams, all this stuff. And so team owners include people like I want to say Mike Tyson, Marshawn Lynch, wow. all these crazy people. That is wild. So it's gonna be really interesting. I think it's the answer to the XFL mm-hmm. having disappeared. Um, so not returning until about 2022. That's the thing is they were. That's another thing I heard is that they were talking to Dwayne Haskins. XFL was asking, was talking to him, and maybe him having a uh, XFL contract because I don't know. I I don't see the Steelers picking him up because the Steelers are pretty. Okay, I will say they were. They were not anymore. This new loser shit of going on TikTok mm-hmm. and allowing a losing culture into their locker room. Why would you want Dwayne Haskins? Why would you throw that into the fire? Yeah. Have Dwayne Haskins of all people. Yeah, he's a real winner. It's ridiculous. Juju and Chase Claypool, they may be good players, but like I said, when you form, it doesn't matter how much talent you have. When you form a losing environment, you're going to keep losing. And that's why the Steelers lost. And that's why they're not going to be back until stuff starts getting cutthroat. And I promise you, Juju or Chase is probably not going to be on the team. Mm-hmm. I would say Juju is probably going to be the fat that gets cut off because he's a, he's a big name mm-hmm. and uh, a big trade piece. So I could see him going somewhere lower level like the Lions, honestly. Definitely. 
Or he could go to the Glacier Boys, the FCF team, yeah. uh, owned by Quavo. Hey! <laughs> so, yeah. That is wild. I wonder where they're going to play at. I don't know. Those probably soccer stadiums. That's usually what they go to. Yeah, probably. Levi texted me. But, so, um, let's move on to like more specific Browns news, because I'm going to go ahead and just address something that I'm calling Landrygate. Mm-hmm. Like, people who are... Basically oh, flipping the trade. on Landry, wanting to get rid of Landry. Which like, I don't understand why. I what, don't did understand. He do? what did he do last game that pissed people off? I didn't see anything. He caught a touchdown to get us back in the game. Mm-hmm. He, has, he has touchdowns in back-to-back games in the playoffs. Right. So I think the short memory is making an appearance here. Because Landry, he did not have a blockbuster season. Yeah. But I think that he made the plays that counted. Yeah. And he definitely, I think, merits at least one more year here. Yeah, and he and to he, check uh, it out, see what happens. He led the team in receptions, mm-hmm. so I know he had the only time I ever was pissed off at Landry, and I was like, "That's a bad drop." Is the game that we went to in Indiana, the Indianapolis game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the only two times that I was like, and both happened in that game, where I was like, "Oh wow, that's a bad drop. You can't drop that." And I mean, he's probably had other bad drops, like the, I remember the Raiders game, stuff like that, but. So if we're going to be pissed off at Landry, then we also need to be equally pissed off and call to get rid of Chubb because Chubb fucked up in that most yeah, recent game a couple of times. It was getting two a- drops, and he was also just getting stuffed. And I, I was getting a little irritating, honestly. Yeah, so it's the first time I've ever been irritated with Nick Chubb. Definitely want to maybe chill on calling to get rid of Landry immediately, especially when he and Odell have such a situation that you know you don't mm-hmm. want to piss one off and then potentially piss the other one off, especially if we don't know what we're doing with Odell yet. I think yeah. he is expected to come back. He which is expected. Interesting. So year three is expected to have both Landry and Odell, but year four, you have to cut off one is yeah. essentially what is going on with the salary cap. So I, I I like it, the fact that we have another year with them both, just to see who is probably the, the one that deserves it the most. I'm going to go ahead and guess Landry. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. OBJ isn't... Landry's Landry's like a Cleveland Brown. Like he's for the team. Odell is for his brand. Larger than the team he's on. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. So it's kind of He wants to do he's he's the only thing that Odell has loyalty right now is to his brand. Mm -hmm. He does not I it puts undue pressure on Baker, it puts undue pressure on others to try to fit him into gameplays that don't necessarily Yeah. And I know revolve around him, which would piss him off. Yeah, and that's the thing is like I understand that they're saying like we're not we're not better without him where it just he he left at the wrong time but i don't know i just i don't think that it's hard to say that you're better without a talent like that but it makes sense when you look at the fact that when you're spreading the ball around that's that's the thing i feel like there's so much emphasis on get odell the ball get odell the ball Mm -hmm. when odell needs to be content with maybe only getting a target or two a game right and I don't know if he would be down with that. Yeah, he that's the thing. I don't think so. I don't he's think. Because he used to be the guy, but other guys. Yeah. Know? There's been games that Jarvis had to be skunked. Like he just, or, or like that stat we were talking about, uh, the Kansas City games. He had like four catches for 12 yards in total. So you have to be happy with the situation you're in, no matter what. Um, because, because I mean, that is that's being part of a team. Yeah, you know and know I mean? it, and that's the thing is like this team is a not a team where we have one superstar. I know it works out with Buffalo and Stefan Diggs, mm-hmm. but I'm sorry, I think Stefan Diggs is better than OBJ. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I don't know. I think OBJ, it's he's he's a great he's a ta- like hell of a talent, but you have to use him correctly. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't just throw him in any offense. That's the type of player right. he is. And to me, the 
the thing that uh, we have to like understand about our team, and he has to understand, is that we spread the ball around. We're to spread the ball around the offense. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets a turn. And you look at our t- the touchdown totals. I mean, nobody has over five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's wild. Landry has three. Hooper's got three. Kareem's got five. Odell's got five. Rashard Higgins has three or four. And I, is that coaching and choices? Is that Stefan- Stefanski knowing that, you know, you can't just keep throwing it to one person. Exactly. And, so that's yeah. like, that might be where we see a big difference between Stefanski's system and like Freddie Kitchen's system, where he's like, I want to have this dynamic pair. I want to mm-hmm. have Baker to Odell. I want that to be the new, you know, right. the and, new thing. Yeah. Like, and Stefan- and, yeah, that's, <clears throat> didn't work. And Stefanski came in and implemented a new system where, yeah, and even Donovan Peoples-Jones got in on the action. He, was, he wasn't he was even expected to play this year. What um, <clears throat> an amazing little surprise he turned out to be yeah like, he was awesome he, he made some huge huge plays had big moments yeah but at the same time could also be counted on pretty much in the littler yeah. capacity so you know that's 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 a good he had some big drops too but i mean he's a rookie exactly um so he, you can you can kind of excuse those i honestly think that that's the thing is this this draft was so stacked with wide receiver talent but we we had other focuses. We had a line. We had to get you know more on the defense. Which the de- the defense of the draft those draft picks have been eh. Mm-hmm. The Jedrick Wells pick has been great. Because <clears throat> um, this uh this new head office this whole you know organization did inherit a weird situation. Mm-hmm. So I think they did as well as they could for yeah. what they you know had to work with. I think so too. I, I mean, mean it, and we came out of it twelve and six. Yeah, because so. not not even not even they didn't just get rid of the coach. They got rid of. So that that already getting rid of a coach is a whole new system. Mm-hmm. Getting rid of a GM. Yeah. So all of the work that you did for the previous year, scouting, looking at draft picks, mm-hmm. is all gone. You have to do it from scratch with Andrew Barry. And to have <laughs> gone from scratch to then you know end up in the playoffs in both of these men's first year. Yeah. I, I couldn't be happier. Like, yeah, you know honestly, I, mean? I love. Like I I know the uh, like some of our picks like honestly haven't panned out just yet. I mean, it sucks that we could have had Anton Winfield, who's having an amazing year and in the NFC Championship right now with the Bucks, right. over Grant Delpit. But honestly, I, I still would have picked Grant Delpit. He was amazing for LSU. It's mm-hmm. just unfortunate what happened. And tell you what, I mean, we have clearly established a system and a, a mindset in Cleveland where people are going to be able to improve. So we are creating an environment where we see Baker improving. We saw, I mean, we did see Landry improve. We saw Kareem Hunt improve mm-hmm. exponentially. So if they are going to be able to create systems where people are improving regularly and, you know, markedly, yeah. then I'm I'm okay with having, you know, maybe not the not the best of the bunch. You know yeah. what I mean? So I'm, it just depends on what you can work with and what you, you know, what you and can do. I think the thing is we also have to look at is this is, this is year one of Barry and Stefanski. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have, we'll have to, we'll have to see like what happens with, with the future of everything because yeah. it, like, it, this is only the first year and we made it to the divisional round. Quite exactly. Often. And I mean, people are, it can be pissed about it all they want, but again, this is starting over. Like we've been used to, oh, they <clears throat> got the head coach, they got the team. Yeah. This is more than that. Yeah. And it was looking like it was going that direction. Um, after week one, I was like, oh, great. This is going to be another yep. uh, progress year. We, we're, we're going to have to maybe see what happens in year two. <clears throat> Fire the coach in year two and start over halfway. But if you're, if you're building something, <clears throat> this is a good 
good way to start. Yeah. This is a solid foundation. This was beyond. I hope we're not kicking ourselves this time next year, but <clears throat> this one feels good to me. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, the thing is, is, the only thing that I will understand is sometimes you have great here, there's a little bit of regression. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I will totally understand if like, if we go to the playoffs and we get kicked out in the wild card, something like that. Mm -hmm. As long as we're getting to the playoffs, as long as we're staying competitive, that's what matters the most. And I hope that we don't <clears throat> see it as a regression and we're going in the wrong way if we just, if we don't make it as far as we did this year. Because I will say this, you made a great point. And it, it, when you become a regular pre playoff presence, mm -hmm. you begin to attract talent that wants to be here. Yeah. They want to be part of what we're building. And I think, God willing, we keep collecting people who do that. Because we lucked out with Baker. Yeah, we Baker did. had no reason <laughs> to want to come here. Yeah. He had no reason to want to stay. So many people told him that they should just he should not come to Cleveland. Yeah. But he did. He committed. And man, it is, it is paying off. Yeah. It really is. I mean, it's one of those things where you could have, you looked and we could have we could have been uh, in year three of the Sam Darnold project. How terrible that would have been. Because I mean, <coughs> at this point, Baker wants to be part of what we're building. Mm. Other people want to be part of what we're building, and now I'm, you get yeah. good. You start getting more playoff appearances, and more people want to be part of that. More people want to be the ones that are going to be you know have the yeah. statues and the songs because they are going to bring a Super Bowl to Cleveland like 100%. Oh yeah and if they do it's going to be probably one of the biggest oh, God, can you Super Bowl wins. I mean not So start not putting just, your money away now because yeah. you know tickets are going to be nuts. <laughs> not just not just for Cleveland everyone's going to be like I mean it was it was a shock when we just went to the playoffs. Mm. <clears throat> um, so I don't know I think we're going to be we're gonna be in contention for a while now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing that like Andrew Barry and Stefanski have to understand is even though there might be a regression, just keep going to the playoffs. Yeah. Just keep getting the playoffs. Even if you get knocked down the first round, it doesn't matter. Just keep getting to that point where you're competitive and you're staying in the competitive conversation. Absolutely. And with that, that's a good note. We're gonna take a quick station break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to North Bend Brands. Yay, part two. Part two. Part two. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, real quick, I wanted to just address thoughts on Cody Parkey. Oh, yeah? The doink master. <laughs> and, I don't know, it, it's a big question mark around him right now. Do you go with him in the second season? I'm going to say yes right now. I would say yes, because I was very concerned, because he started missing a lot and doinking a lot. And then yeah. George sent me the video of him doinking four times in one game, and I was like, no. Oh, God. But you know what? The Steelers was a high-pressure game. Yeah, he, he made them. made them. So I'm like, I still have faith in Cody Parkey. I think he looks like Rickety Cricket, but <laughs> I like him enough that I, I feel like, you know, you know, throw him out just yet. It's not like Honestly, a Zane Gonzalez situation where halfway yeah. through the season, you're like, get your shit and get out. Like, yeah, you know I, what I mean? I mean, did Cody Parkey, I think, did he miss... What he missed, he what was the worst game he had? Was it like he missed like two extra points or two extra points and a field goal, something like that? I mean, I guess you're gonna have those games, um, but I don't know. I, he's still he, he's still like oh, you know what though high pressure situations. It really. I was sad to see him miss anything because he was practically perfect all the way through. But mm -hmm. he ended up 
making 19 of 22 field goals this season. Which is good. 43 out of 47 extra points. Not bad. Problem, I mean, I mean, that's a great percentage. Yeah, but, but you... The problem but you, comes when it's high-pressure situations. Yeah. Like, if you're ahead by a 12 or whatever, like, it's not a big deal if you miss a field goal. But if you, you know, if it's the field goal that decides the game, and that's the one he misses, right. you know, that that's a big problem. We have not been in that situation yet, so right. that's the thing. So... Which I'm glad. Those, those are always the worst situations to be in. We really never have that. Um... But I don't know. I he, I think he did good enough to get a second chance. A second chance, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I would still be looking at other kickers, mm-hmm. but I I still think he deserves a second chance. And he didn't. He's he didn't choke in the Pittsburgh game. Not at all. Which I mean, that was the biggest one. I think that you got to be like, you got to be on because yeah. he he would know as damn well as everyone does the feelings between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Yeah. So just... Yeah, man. I mean, you look at a lot of the. The kicker, kickers and kicker infamy. Mm-hmm. You still hear Cody Parker's name, but he's still the one that has a job. Yep. So I mean, everyone talks about why is Cody Parker still on the Browns, you know? But I mean, it's he, like I don't think we—he's not an immediate priority. Yeah. Like we have immediate priorities of positions that need filling or refilling, rather. Right. And I don't—I don't think kicker is one. No, of them yet. not right now. Yeah, because I'd say you gotta—you're gonna—you have to evaluate him halfway through the season if he makes it halfway through the season next year. And think like, you know, if he's if he's this accurate, because when you find a good kicker, you should really stick with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we saw that. Yeah, if you if we had, Phil, had Dawson Phil Dawson still, for twenty fucking years, yeah, you know, it was just. Um, oh man, if we had Phil Dawson still, I, I don't think I, it's one of those things where like I don't think we understand how big a uh, perfect kicker impacts the game because as soon as you yeah. put them out there and you know they're gonna make it, I mean, it's. It's, it's the same feeling when you go into a game knowing you're going to win it. Yeah. It's just like, oh, we're playing the Lions? Oh, my God. Right. It's a given. So, I mean, that takes a lot of pressure off the rest of the fucking team. Right. You know, it's like, we need to, all we need to do is get close enough. There's no in- insane pressure. Like, okay, we need to get a touch up. Mm. He's going to miss it if we put it in his hands. Right. And you don't, have to, you don't have to go for two. You don't have to worry about the extra point, it's, which it, was it's, the worst thing ever. Yeah, oh God. Was the Zane Gonzalez era where we tied. It was, it was a six-point game. We tied it with that huge touchdown from Tyrod to Antonio Callaway. And then, so it's tied with an extra point to go ahead, and he doinked the extra point. It becomes a completely different game. Mm-hmm. The Saints' sense of urgency goes down and makes it more comfortable to um, to get into that point where they kick the field goal. Exactly. That's exactly what fucking happened. So, I mean, to have a reliable kicker, it might be more important than having a reliable quarterback, as Honestly. we saw for all those years with Phil Dawson, where he yeah. had, he was the scoring leader. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, my God. He got franchise tag, which it's is insane. Like, I don't know. Yeah, there were games where it's like, well, if we have 27 points, I know that that was yeah. this many field goals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God. Yeah, he balled out. He was, he was one of the best kickers of, like, all time. I actually oh, yeah. want a Phil Dawson jersey. I'm really glad that he retired as a Brown. Like, I just, I know. it warms my heart. That was awesome. Hopefully, maybe if Cody Parker doesn't work out, we can get him back out of retirement. Because yeah. I saw, not that long ago, him nail. It was like 57 yards just yeah. for fun. I'm like, oh my god. I can only imagine. Because like, if it's a 40-plus yarder, I'm like, oh god, Cody. You know what I mean? So he's still... It's still one of those guys. But it's I good. love him. He's adorable. Yeah. I'm just like, you know what? Because he gets real sad when he doesn't make it. I'm just like, oh, he's so cute. I mean, was it seven total field goals he missed with mm-hmm. three extra points of actual field goals included? So it's not bad. You, if you think about it, if you if somebody said you're gonna kick this many times, you're gonna only miss seven, you're gonna be like, wow, I actually had a good year. But we're still looking at him like, why the fuck is he on the Browns? He doesn't get enough credit because he has kicked a lot of good kicks in high pressure situations. Yeah. But when 
the pressure is on, he's definitely not a guy that I'm like, oh, he's 100%. Right. Because, I mean, throughout the regular season, I mean, we called him practically perfect Parky. Like, I championed this little dude for mm -hmm. the longest time. And then I started getting a, started getting a little dicey as, like, the season progressed. And I'm like, yeah. oh, no. Tell he, me I did not just put all my eggs in this basket. <laughs> he freaking, I, I will say, he, uh, he ended on a good note. He did, he did. He made all his extra points. That's what, I mean, I was more concerned about... Steelers, the second Steelers game than I was about anything else because yeah. I'm like, okay, now we beat the Steelers once. It may, it may have been a fluke or whatever because mm -hmm. it was Mason Rudolph or whatever. So the high, the pressure is on to yeah. this. And I mean, he did well. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not mad at all. Because it totally stopped the momentum that the Steelers had because we were only up 12 mm -hmm. and, and he made it 15. He made it a two-score game. And not just a two-score game, a two-score game, a touchdown and a, two touchdowns and a two-point conversion. Right. Which you can be good, but not many people are that good. Yeah, <laughs> so and also like, the and the Steelers, um, they were uh, pretty rough on two point conversions that night, so mm -hmm. put us in a good spot. Um, I have just a couple bullet points of other little news. Still waiting on a new name in Washington. Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about it for the longest time, and I just I really hope that they come up with something soon. Yeah, because I guess I'm, I'm down for the Red Tails. Red Tails be great. Yeah, I honestly still I do like just the Washington football team, but. I don't know. Yeah, I just I don't know. It's yeah. interesting. We'll have to see because also um, our Cleveland Indians barreling towards a name change. Which, mm -hmm. Was you it? Know, it's going to be after twenty twenty one. I think so. I mean, we're going to suck this year, so it's going to be really rough. So because we just got rid of two big names, Lindor and Lindor and Carrasco. Yeah, going to the Mets. I was very shocked. I was as shocked when Lindor left as when James Harden was like. All right, bye. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, he's been thought, a rocket forever. Exactly. I thought that they were kind of the franchise face of that team. You know, it's just, yeah. it's just fucking weird. So we'll we'll see how that goes. It's definitely uh, going to be uh, interesting. Yeah, it's going to be weird to see him in another jersey. It's, uh, like, um, what was that Onion article? Tom Brady wakes up from a week-long kombucha bender to find out that it's a Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> it, it was like that. It was, it's surprising yeah. that there were big moves made in this, uh, this general, like, era. Yeah. So, man, I, uh, it's, also, the NFL's gonna look a lot different next year, yes. so that's gonna be wild. Definitely. Um, don't know who the New England quarterback's gonna be. It's not gonna be Cam Newton. Um, really? Is he I think moving I, or retired? I think, well, I think that they're, uh, because I think he only had a one or two year deal. Mm -hmm. I'd be surprised if it was Cam again because, um, I don't know, he just doesn't seem like he's going to do well in mm -hmm. uh, New England, but I still think... I mean, he, he hasn't yet, so it's like... Yeah, I still think it was a good idea. It was something that, like, it sounded like a good idea, and it worked. It, like, at the start of the year, it looked like it was going to work perfect, but then as soon as Cam got COVID, mm -hmm. it really went downhill. That's the other thing that I'm really interested about is Miles Garrett's recovery and uh, progression through the COVID sickness because he was symptomatic. He was ill. Yeah. And so I think we, there was a big change when he returned that he was just not making the kind of massive plays that he was. Mm -hmm. So working through the offseason, is Miles Gary going to be able to get, get his mojo back? Which, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Because you'd hate to see a young guy like that lose his career over yeah. COVID. And you might see a, a new face on the other side of the D-line with J.J. Watt. Oh, yeah. You never know. <laughs> you never know. That would be awesome. But he, he is going to be expensive. That's the only thing. Yeah. I mean, God, I don't know. Because he is getting older. But how dope would that be to have the have the Watt versus Watt, Watts battle Cleveland and Pittsburgh? Because they have T.J. and... Uh, TJ and uh, Derek. Wow. On the on Pittsburgh, and he could be the one on the Browns, baby. That'd be dope. Can you imagine? Yeah, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be a hell of a storyline, but I doubt it happens. 
Um, of course, I didn't ever think we were going to get Odell Beckham Jr. So yeah, like, you never know. But Andrew Barry's more of an analytics guy. That's why I don't see us getting any big names. I see it being more like moving pieces that are going to help us in this way. And which is actually kind of an interesting situation because when you get a big name like that, immediately the mindset about your team from the outside looking in is completely different than yeah. if you're getting littler guys making little moves. People are going to be like, like yeah. they're going to be underrated, I think. To be fair, I guess maybe we don't want that uh, target on our backs because mm-hmm. as soon as you get J.J. Watt, Everybody's gonna be like, oh man, the Browns, man. Which you saw it with Odell. Yeah. I mean, it changed the whole perception of like, all right, we gotta, yeah. we gotta do this. Because right. who was at that point, who was trying to take care of Landry? Who was on his ass? Nobody. You yeah. know what I mean? Exactly. So that Odell situation really changed things. And two of the names that are the potential free agents, two big names that are the potential Browns free agent signings are Adam Thiel and and J.J. Watt. And Adam Thielen would be cool because, like, be cool. it's not like he's the, he's a huge name. He's more of a, I mean, he's, a, he, I'd say he's more of a fantasy superstar than mm-hmm. he is a uh, actual superstar in the NFL. He's a great wide receiver, but he just near, isn't going to be talked about as much as Stephon Diggs, Odell, right. DeAndre Hopkins, all of them. So he, is he a Stefanski guy? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. He also played under Stefanski, so it would make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So, he is 30 know. years old. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> Wide receivers usually start to decline after about like 33, 34. I mean, they're doing the grand majority of their running and taking hits. So yeah. like Yeah, so you never know. I don't know. He might only have another, you know, only got about a year left of these knees. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what I, I have faith in Andrew Barry. Mm, I do uh, too. And Stefanski, so I mean so far, like you said, with just the first year of a rebuild, they're doing this well. It's just mm-hmm. I don't know. I think we've got a long and illustrious thing yeah. about to happen, and I'm, I'm feeling good about it. I think most of Cleveland feels good about it. Most of Cleveland fans feel good about it. All of our listeners and Ireland and all those places. Yeah, I know. Just, that's I awesome. mean, you guys Iran. feel good about that. Right. So that's exciting. And I... Little Fitty, who I know will be listening. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Well, do you want to do our do two two of our quick picks? Yes, we do have <laughs> pressing matters to attend to. We've got. Trade rumors flying around. We talked about that. Oh, I wrote a good little line here. We've got draft coming up. We've got trade rumors flying through the air like bunt cakes at Christmas. <laughs> what a dork. All right. Um, and we've got four contenders left vying for Super Bowl 55 appearance, which is, of course, coming at you sooner than I thought. Yeah. Sunday, February 7th at 6.30 p.m. Do not miss it. Before that, the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers at the helm will go to war with Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the NFC Championship title this Sunday at 3.05. And what do you think, George? I am 100%. What I want is what I'm also going to pick. I'm, I'm, I'm going to see a we're going to see a Bills Packers Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see those little cupcake Kansas City Chiefs, nor do I want to see Tom Brady's old ass in the Super Bowl. I want the Packers and Bills. I think so. And of course, uh, right behind them, the AFC Championship title is up for grabs with Buffalo Bills and Mama Mahomes's beloved Chiefs. <laughs> so my picks: Bills and Pack. Yeah. Um. Again, honestly, that's all happening this Sunday, January 24th, with the NFC title game at 3.05 and the AFC at 6.40. Yeah. Be Both good. are going to be incredibly hard fought. They're going to be good games, I yeah. gotta say. It's... I uh, I honestly can't lie. I, did, I once hated Aaron Rodgers, but after listening to a lot of his interviews, I have a lot of respect for that man. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that, you know, I hope the Bills, Bills Mafia gets to the Super Bowl, but yeah. I hope that the Green Bay Packers get the... I'm not, I, I, think, I, I think that's fair. Yeah. Honestly... <laughs> I really, I didn't care which one won 
between the Bills and uh, the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. But when I saw that meme that uh, one of our fellow North Brander, Northbounders, uh, Jameson, shared of how we were Apollo Creed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, now yes, you're like, kick their ass. damn it, Bills, go kick their ass. Uh, oh yeah, that was great. That was great. Um, so yeah, I uh, I think there's gonna be a lot of big things coming up, and also I I don't think I'm I don't think I've ever ever have gonna be go, ever have going to be paying attention to the draft as much as I am yeah. this year this and year and of course we will come at you with a draft day special as we yeah. did last year that'll be the beginning of the new North Brown and Brown season so we are 99 days away yeah from big changes big moves it's gonna be great and I think it's something that because uh, we just you don't expect late round picks to be something that's special but we've seen it time and time again where late round picks are guys who um, can come up and be a big part, big part of the team, especially with the COVID, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, we've talked we about that, mm-hmm. about how we've got a team that's making guys I've never heard of sound good. Yeah, like this is this, so this is, is a good thing. This, this is, is why, a new era. <laughs> yeah, this is why um, drafting well and keeping good. Also, it, it doesn't even seem important, but keeping uh, good practice squad players available. Yeah, definitely. Because so. I mean, you know. His name Hans. Yeah. I introduced myself to this guy, and then we went and played football. Yeah. Like That's amazing. Oh, uh, man. So this is got, such a memorable season. We've got good stuff happening here in Cleveland. Yeah. And then we probably—I don't know—we might do something for the uh, the championship games. We'll see. I think so. I think at least we're at least going to live tweet the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because you have to live tweet the Super Bowl. Everybody live tweets exactly. the Super Bowl. So we're going to definitely do that. As for these championship games, I don't know yet. Yeah. We'll have to we'll pick have to, we'll something see. fun. We'll have to let you know. But I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say. I, I do have it. a bit of a send-off. Oh. This season, Return to Victory Mondays, a reminder of what football teams are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. In four months of football, we've won just two fewer games than we did in the last four seasons combined. So 12 wins in one year is nothing to sneeze at when 14 wins spread thin as hell since yes. 2016. Oof. So we want to extend a huge thank you. To the Browns diehards who listened and watched and cheered and celebrated and showed up in the cold for masked up, socially distanced games, the Cleveland Browns do have some of the most amazing fans. They really do. We do. Um, we also want to thank the Cleveland Browns organization for giving us back a little bit of hope. Yeah. I mean, between all of our superstars, our, our most beloved guys, the Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Wyatt Teller, all of those boys, they've changed the mindset and the attitude and the direction. You know, under the direction of Stefanski, well, and, you know, with the whole coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And of course, our front office too. Andrew Barry is really building something special here. Yeah. <sighs> Can't wait to see year number two of the Stefanski Bear Stefanski Barry era. We need to come up with like a celebrity couple name for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be great. Also, a special thanks to Baker and Emily Mayfield. Honestly, their interaction and treatment of terminally ill Browns fan Tom Siegel for inviting him to their private box, meeting with him, and allowing him to be present for their win, which granted them their playoff run. I love Baker, and I love how much he loves the city and the people. I just He has dove in mm-hmm. headfirst right into this whole mess we had here. And, I mean, it's, it's what we deserve, and we're definitely going to cherish him and his family and his contributions for years to come. Mm-hmm. So that's it for us, our closing Cleveland Browns, North Brown and Browns podcast. And now we are NBB after hours. Yep. We're going to take you through the postseason, the Super Bowl, all that fun shit. We're entering into our offseason. Exactly. <laughs> and then we're going to be talking for what little understanding I have about the NBA, about the MLB. We're going to have a great time. Yeah. So, yeah, stick with us. It's going to be great. Bye-bye. Bye.